Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha. Welcome to Island Conversations. We're on the radio on the Big Island of Hawaii on Sundays on KWXX and B97B93, and the following Friday on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo, and always online at kwxx.com and b97hawaii.com or wherever you get podcasts. Just search for Island Conversations. And we do have bonus podcasts there that have not aired on the radio. February is Heart Health Month, and we're going to talk about two different things this morning. Dr. Todd Sito is a cardiologist at Queen's Medical Center, and he'll tell us about a five-year study about Native Hawaiians and hula and heart health. Dr. Todd Sito, by the way, is the brother of Dr. Robin Sito, who used to practice medicine here on the Big Island of Hawaii. Dr. Sito and I will also talk about heart health in general. I'm going to share the conversation I had with Dr. Sito at his office over at Queen's Medical Center on Oahu, and that will be followed by a discussion of some local initiatives being undertaken by the organization known as Community First here on the island to promote heart health during February, which is Heart Health Month. Let's get to our conversation with Dr. Todd Sito. Aloha, Dr. Todd Sito. Hello. Thank you so much for giving us time. And I, I have to tell you, I have a completely unrelated question before we get into the heart health issues, and that is this. Dr. Robin Sito, who was on the Big Island, is well known by many. And she had mentioned many times to me that she comes from a family of physicians. Tell me how many of you in the Sito family are involved in healthcare. My sister has been a doctor in the Big Island for many, many years. I have a brother who is a physical therapist on Oahu and a sister who's a social worker here at Queens with me. So the four of us are in healthcare in different ways, and I have some uncles as well. What inspired all of you to go into healthcare? I think it's something that is familiar. So my grandfather was a physician here on Oahu for many, many years. So I think there's a familiarity and a sense of uh, closeness that medicine kind of brings to, to all of us. And I think helping people, helping the community is, is definitely part of that, but really being part of a family, both in terms of the blood family and then the broader community has been something that's very enjoyable for us. We want to talk about Native Hawaiians and heart disease, and my first question is, why did you choose to do a study about Native Hawaiians specifically and heart disease? I've always been interested in quality of care, and it's clear that certain populations, certain groups of people suffer from disease in a way that others don't. So the concept of health disparities, health equity, of uh, fairness in taking care of patients is something that's very important to me. We know that Native Hawaiians and other Pacific Islanders suffer from heart disease, stroke, cancer, and other illnesses in a disproportionate way to other populations. So for me, it's a matter of, again, helping the community. I'm in Hawaii, and it's important to me, and a matter of fairness, uh, equity, uh, and taking care of people that I live with. Why do Native Hawaiians and other certain ethnic populations suffer more from heart disease? What's known about that? I think there's a lot unknown, and it's probably not just one single reason. We know that there is probably some genetics, so each of us is different, and our genes, to some degree, dictate diseases and illnesses that we develop. But more than that, it's also the community, kind of environment that we live in. 
and we believe that certain populations have certain stressors that affect health. So it's beyond just genes, it's kind of environment that we live in. So whether it's socioeconomic status, whether it's family structure, whether it's jobs, whether it's education, so there's a myriad of factors that can impact health in different ways. And we feel that Native Hawaiians and other Pacific Islanders in particular have the circumstances that kind of aggregate together to result in higher levels of heart disease and other, other illnesses. Are there other ethnicities that also suffer more from, say, high blood pressure, which was the subject of your study, or other heart-affecting diseases? Yes, Japanese, Asians in general, but Japanese in particular has been a focus for many of us. Dr. David Kerb, who's a kind of a, a colleague and mentor to me and many of us in Hawaii, led the Honolulu Heart Study, which was a ongoing study based at Kokini that looked at hypertension in particular amongst Asian Americans in Hawaii, but Japanese in particular, and showed Japanese suffer from higher rates of high blood pressure, uh, stroke and heart disease as well. So the study that you did, tell us a little bit about this study. How was it designed? How did you come up with this plan? Different perspectives kind of led to this study. One perspective is that because Native Hawaiians have a higher rate of blood pressure and heart disease, we need to develop programs that are effective. I think the Department of Native Hawaiian Health at the John A. Burns School of Medicine have been leaders in developing interventions or programs that are particularly designed to be relevant and meaningful for Native Hawaiians. Uh, we know that just because you make a program, make a diet, make an initiative to lower blood pressure for the general public, and you can find those things on American Heart Association, American College of Cardiology, there, there are programs out there that are effective in lowering blood pressure. But unless you make it meaningful, culturally appropriate, relevant for people, it's hard to maintain that. And what a medical school, the Department of Hawaiian Health, in particular, has been leaders in developing interventions that have been culturally appropriate, meaningful, built into the community in ways that will be more successful and sustainable over long term. So specifically, what happened in this study? What were people told to do or given and talk about medication or lifestyle or whatever else was involved? And, and of course, then we'll get to hula. So this study was based on solid scientific evidence. We know that diet and exercise, taking the right medications, is key to good blood pressure control and therefore reducing the risk of heart attacks and strokes. So the core of this study was providing all patients, all subjects in the study, education on a diet, ways that can lower blood pressure, exercise, fitness, and that also is good for blood pressure and for cardiovascular health. And so all subjects got that as a course to lower blood pressure. On top of that, one part of that group also had the HULA intervention. Okay, now what specifically was the HULA intervention? So the HULA program is, again, based on science. You know, we, we know that exercise, mobility, getting the heart rate up, strength and conditioning are all relevant for heart disease, and, and there's been multiple studies over the years showing that. So the HULA-based intervention, though, took those concepts embedded into a HULA program. The HULA classes were one-hour classes twice a week for three months. And that follows, again, the very traditional standard approach towards cardiac rehab or exercise programs for heart disease. And then the HULA program was exercise-based in many ways that HULA is physically vigorous or um, active activity. But in addition to that, 
because hula is more than just a physical activity, it's a cultural act. There's meaningfulness within that to society, to community, to family. Those aspects were part of the hula intervention. So they're talked about during the hula classes. They're embedded into the hula itself. And I think that's kind of where the cultural relevance, the meaningfulness to Native Hawaiians adds to just another exercise program. So it was exercise and way, way more than that. The study participants, clearly the results were presented as impacting Native Hawaiians. So were the study participants 100% Native Hawaiians or 50% or was there a percentage, a blood quantum or just some Native Hawaiian? And then tell us about the ages and genders of those who took part. The subjects were all Native Hawaiian, and it was based on the self-identification, kind of who they were. It was embedded in the community. I think what the investigators of the study should be very proud of is that it's a community-based study. So the participants were identified and recruited from the community by community members. And that the population of study subjects were majority women, I think about 80% women, but 20% were men. Average age, I believe, in the 50s. They all had high blood pressure, diagnosed, again, in a standard scientific kind of way. So a systolic blood pressure that was above 140 or above 130 if you're diabetic, for, for those who follow blood pressures. But people who had diagnosis of blood pressure, people who were treated for blood pressure, and people who were real people who lived in the community and were Native Hawaiian. Did they, during the study, continue to take whatever blood pressure medicine they were assigned? Did they continue to do whatever they normally would for diet? Was hula the only variable? Yes, yeah, so both groups were able to take care of themselves as usual. So both groups being one group being the hula group, other group being the um, what we call control group. But in this case, the control group was a group of people who were not getting hula at that time, but were offered hula kind of after. So it was like a delayed hula group was the control group. But both groups took the medications, saw doctor as usual. And so, yeah, in theory, the difference is the hula. So what were the results of the study? There's the scientific, and then there's a, the scientific plus results of the study. And from a scientific standpoint, we found very meaningful, very impressive, very sustained decreases in blood pressure. So very simply, patients who had high blood pressure that was above their goal before the uh, start of the program, more patients got under control, got good control after the program. The HULA program was six months in duration, and we followed patients for additional six months after that. So a year follow-up from the start, six months follow-up from the end of the study, and we found that the blood pressure differences were kind of uh, held up or sustained over that time. And the differences were meaningful. The approximately 15 millimeters of mercury or so decrease in blood pressure for the Hula group is something that is very meaningful. And we're talking about a disease process where just a few millimeters of mercury difference in blood pressure can have differences in stroke and heart attack risk. So I think the group really had very impressive findings. Okay, you said the study results showed a difference of 15 millimeters of mercury. What does that mean? Because I'm used to, in a blood pressure test, like it might be 120 over 60 or something. So where do these 15 points come in? Help us understand and translate this into non-doctor talk. So blood pressure is divided into two numbers, a top and bottom number. And the systolic blood pressure, which is the top number, typically is 120. You know, we're happy with the blood pressure below 130 is the, is the goal. And the bottom number, or diastolic blood pressure, is the pressure usually in the 60s or 70 or so. And both numbers are relevant. When you talk about blood pressure, we most often hear about a top number, so 120 
130, whatever it may be, and, and we follow that most often. And then millimeters of mercury is just a unit. Uh, this is the way we measure it. So a difference of 15 millimeters of mercury means that the top number went from 145, 140 or so uh, down to uh, 135 or, or uh, whatever, 125, 15 less than that. So on average, the blood pressure decreased about 15 millimeters of mercury. And again, the small difference on a big population level, if you take a community of people with high blood pressure on the Big Island, uh, decreasing the blood pressure of certainly anything up to five millimeters of mercury is very, very meaningful. On a big population, even a, a couple points is very, very important. So a, a decrease in this magnitude for individuals is, is very, very meaningful. For a doctor, it may mean the difference between stopping medication or not increasing the medication. And for a patient, it may mean the difference of having a stroke or heart attack. Well, nobody wants to have a stroke or a heart attack. Either one is pretty bad. So, Dr. Todd Sito, do you think the results would hold true in non-Native Hawaiians? Oh, we believe so. I think that the exercise part of it is very translatable, very relevant. I think that the cultural part of hula, we certainly know it's not restricted just to Native Hawaiians in terms of the sense of community, the sense of relationship to others, the meaningfulness of hula. We do think it's something that's translatable to a broad population. You know, hula is practiced around the world. There are many halals across the country, U.S. and, and internationally, Japan, South America. So we know there's a, you know, a lot of hula halals out there across the country, across the world. And to the extent that they find meaningfulness, value in hula, and then a program like this that can be embedded within the hula world that also has science kind of built into that, yeah, to the extent that hula is seen everywhere and is uh, loved everywhere, this program is very translatable. Dr. Sato, do you think that some other consistent form of exercise might be as effective as has hula been for this five-year study? Yes, there are multiple other studies showing that exercise works. Exercise, diet, taking medications, that definitely works. And there's been programs looking at Tai Chi, ballroom dancing, swimming, other activities. So so activity definitely is uh, important. Exercise is definitely important. Diet and exercise are the mainstay of any blood pressure program. The key, though, is relative relevance to the individual, relevance to the community, and it's not so much just the first impression, but kind of how sustainable is the program. And I think what this program shows that if you can build an exercise blood pressure program built on something that is meaningful, culturally relevant, important to the community, that that is going to give you results that are beyond what you get just from telling someone to jog three times a week for, you know, for an hour, which is hard for me to do uh, if I do it, but make it something that's meaningful and relevant, then you have a better chance of it being sustained, a uh, better chance of it having a real meaningful impact on the individual, and potentially something that's really good for the community. So yes, exercise is important. Any other kind of exercise would have some benefit, but the key is can you build something that's really relevant for the community and for the individual to make it sustainable and even more impactful. You know, some hula, I think, is really strenuous looking, like when I see particularly the young girls duck walking across the stage of Mary Monarch, which certainly I couldn't do. But some hula is a little more gentle. So was the hula that was involved, you know, was it all the duck walking kind or was it all kinds of hula? I believe that duck walking was not part of that, to, to say the least. And I definitely recognize that the more vigorous forms of hula actually is kind of stressful, I think, for some people who are more out of shape trying to do it. So this hula was, again, tailored by the community 
community for people in the community. So the kind of hula was relevant for the patients. And I think the great thing about having someone like Mapuan de Silva, who's been an advisor for this study, who's very obviously you know a, a master in the hula and well, well regarded in the hula community, but also a scientist both by training and, and through her work with the Native Hawaiian Health Department, they were able to develop a tailored hula program that fit the expectations from exercise fitness, kind of what we need for blood pressure, but also fit the ability and needs for the community members. We had an earlier study several years ago that looked at hula for patients who had heart surgery undergoing cardiac rehab. And those patients, as you can imagine, you know, after undergoing heart surgery with chest uh, wires and things like that, were very, very fragile. And in that study, Mapuana de Silva and, and her team uh, at the Hawaiian Health Department at the medical school uh, designed a program that was tailored for them. And, and it may not be even getting up and down. Maybe it's doing hula seated position, maybe in a chair, maybe not rotating the, the torso. And so I think that they've demonstrated through their prior work that they're able to tailor the hula program to uh, be suitable for the participants uh, in a way that provides exercise, but also does it in a manageable way. Dr. Todd Sito, what else would you like to add that I have not asked? I think that the beauty of this study is two. First is that, um, maybe three things. First that is that it's fun, that research is fun that if you do it in the right way, that is meaningful to people, that can impact your community, that's as fun as it gets. That's what we all strive to do. And so to be part of a study that's like that, and I'm grateful to be part of that, the research team, is just a great opportunity. The second thing I'd say is the fact that building interventions in a way that's important and relevant to the community is something that the University of Hawaii School of Medicine and the Department of Hawaiian Health in particular are very good at. So they or we have built, I think, a very good program of looking at interventions that are scientifically based, that you can look up on the internet and they're done elsewhere in the mainland, and then tailoring it to a way that's relevant for the community. And I think that's the trick. That's the way that we can get sustained benefits. So it's not just going on the diet du jour to decrease your weight 10 pounds. That's not the trick. The trick is to decrease your weight maybe 8 pounds, but have it sustained over many, many years. And the way to do that isn't just to take a program off the shelf that you can read about in the book or hear about in the mainland, but really translate it in a culturally meaningful and relevant way to make it sustain. And, and I'm very proud and very grateful to be part of a team that does that. Dr. Todd Sito, thank you so much. Aloha. Thank you very much. And that was my conversation with cardiologist Dr. Todd Sito of Queens Medical Center. And Kumuhula here on the island participated in this study. Stacy Haumea, who's involved with health here on the island, tells me that hula for hypertension classes continue regularly in both a Keaau location at Kamehameha Schools and a Hilo location at Hui Malama Olana Oivi on Kilauea Avenue. So if you'd like to get involved with Hula for Heart Health, call Stacy Haumea at 808-430-6735. Our next discussion is going to be with Randy Kurohara about Community First, a health initiative that is centered on this island, and we'll talk about their role in helping people understand their blood pressure during the month of February. And that will be followed by a real short conversation with Toby Taniguchi, CEO of KTA Superstores. His dad, Barry Taniguchi, founded Community First, and we'll get some of his thoughts. But first, let's hear from our sponsor, KTA Superstores. 
which was founded by Toby Taniguchi's great-grandfather. At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. Randy Kurohara, thank you so much for talking with us. Aloha. Aloha, Sherry. What exactly is Community First? Community First is a nonprofit founded in 2014 by Barry Taniguchi. Today it's led by his son Toby. It's like a neutral forum that brings together our community from the healthcare to the social services to the business community and just leaders from our community to discuss areas regarding healthcare and how we can make it better for our community. What are the basic goals and objectives of Community First? Some of the things that we believe in is that uh, healthcare is changing and that it's a shift from treating disease to caring for health, so keeping our people healthy. It also looks at the community to take more responsibility for their own health. What kind of initiatives is Community First involved with to help encourage people to, in fact, do what you say, take care of their own health, but also bring in the hospitals, the healthcare providers, the insurers, all of those people who are actually involved? One of the areas that we've been focusing on is the high cost of health care when it comes to the avoidable ER admissions. And we've been working closely with not just the hospital, but our medical providers and social services to identify gaps in the system where people are falling through the cracks, therefore being readmitted to the hospital. So how can we identify these patients and how can we address those gaps so that we can close that loop and keep people out of the ER as much as possible. Well, I know also that hospitals get dinged for readmits when Mm -hmm. people come back, but also for the people involved, it's a really challenging, disastrous situation because once you get released, you'd like to be at home. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that one of the things that Community First is involved with is advocating that people know what their blood pressure is and address their blood pressure issues. And when I spoke with Barry Taniguchi and Richard Lee Ching and Dan Brinkman about this very topic in 2015, they mentioned blood pressure and you all are focusing on that right now. So tell us all about that. Yeah, so we looked at you know an area that we believe is um, something that we can make a difference in. High blood pressure affects about one third of all of adults, about half of those who have high blood pressure don't even know they have it. There's no symptoms, and that's why it's referred to as a silent killer. And it's a known fact that with some adjustments to your diet and some exercise, blood pressure, high blood pressure can be reversed or even managed with simple medication. So we thought that by making high blood pressure an awareness campaign, that we'll be able to address something that, you know, in the long run is good for our community, you know, in the long run, again, shift the focus again to people taking more responsibility for their own health. And it's called the Know Your Numbers campaign. The whole goal there is over time is to shift the thinking where people know their blood pressure numbers like they know their height and weight. So what are you specifically doing to help people know that? It's an awareness campaign, but we'll be also doing a lot of outreach during the month of February. So February is National Heart Month. So we thought that's a great time to run this campaign. So we'll be doing a series of public outreaches. So we'll be at some public venues uh, doing 
educational outreach as well as free blood pressure screenings. We'll also be outreaching to some of the business community and any place that's a work site that would like a free visit. We have an educator, we have videos that they can watch, and we'll be able to provide free blood pressure screenings. Okay, well, so you said you're doing some outreach. Where on the island in the month of February do you know that people can get their blood pressure checked at this point? We have several on the schedule right now, but as we all know, any fire station uh, during the day is available. You can walk into any f- fire station on this island and get your blood, blood pressure checked between 9 and 4.30. But we also have some public venues that we've already identified for the month of February. And we're going to be on February 1st, we'll be at KTA Waimea. On February 8th, we'll be at the Walmart in Hilo. Also on the 8th, we'll be at KTA Poinako. On the 16th, we'll be at the Maku'u Farmer's Market. February 22nd, we'll be at the KS Ho'olaulea over in Keau. On March 4th, there'll be a wellness fair. It's going to be at the KTA Poinako with the Daniel K. Inouye College of Pharmacy students. On March 15th, we'll be back again at the Maku'u Marketplace. And then we'll also be wrapping up our campaign at the American Heart, Hilo Heart Walk on March 28th. So at the College of Pharmacy Wellness Fair on March 4th, I know for sure the College of Pharmacy students will be doing the taking of the blood pressure. Who is taking the blood pressure at all these other locations? Who are the health-involved folks who will be there? Yeah, so besides some of the pharmacy students, we have volunteers. Some of the retired public nurses are coming out to help us this year. We have the School of Nursing students that are also volunteering. We have some from HCC. uh, Some of their nursing students will be helping us as well. And we also have Hawaii County Fire Department. The EMT recruits are also going to be working with us to help provide some of the manpower for our outreach. If somebody goes to one of these events and gets their blood pressure checked, what do they walk away with? Does somebody just say, this is what your blood pressure is? Do they walk away with something in writing? Is there a follow-up? Give us a little more about that. Yeah, so again, it's more to bring awareness to blood pressure. What they have when they have a screening done, again, it's just a point in time. It's not an official diagnosis you know, of any means. We're not collecting any data. It's to bring awareness, and what we really want them to do is to, one, is to realize that they need to have a doctor that they can go to and ask the questions to that doctor. So um, we'll also be providing some information for people who may not have a primary care doctor, what numbers that, that they can call or where they can go to to find out. When I spoke initially about Community First back in 2015 with Dr. Richard Lee Ching and Barry Taniguchi and Dan Brinkman, it was pointed out that there are many people who don't have a primary care physician, but we have resources all around the island. The Community Health Centers, West Hawaii Community Health Center, Bay Clinic, Hamakua Health. There's a lot of different places where people can go, including through Hilo Medical Center. There's also rural health clinics for people to get a primary care physician. So there are resources out there, and a lot of folks don't even really know that, I think. Yeah, so that, that's important. And we know through studies that you know, the younger the adult is, the less likely they are to have a primary care physician. So we really want to try and make that connection. Uh, We want to, again, just bring awareness to high blood pressure and the impacts, the effects of it. And to let people know that even if you have a normal blood pressure reading, it's always good to just stay on top of it. Randy Kurohara, I remember when I talked first with those folks, they mentioned that they had really started the blood pressure initiative by 
essentially going through the keiki, going to sixth graders, giving them blood pressure monitors, explaining to them about blood pressure, and giving them an assignment of taking it home and collecting blood pressure from 10 individuals. Is that initiative still going on, and how's it going? Yes, it is. And as far as I know, it's very successful. Again, that was a partnership with, I believe, KTA, the School of Pharmacy, East Hawaii IPA. And that's the East Hawaii Independent Physicians Association? Yes. And I believe it's still going on to this day. Um, They still have their program going, and it's done very well. I'm not too sure how big the scope is, but it's still, it's something that's successful. It's proven successful every year they've been doing it. Well, good. Well, I do agree it's good for folks to get their blood pressure checked. Randy, I understand there are going to be blood pressure checks at work sites, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, so what we're trying to do is make all of our employers aware that we have this free service during the month of February. Again, we'll come to your work site, we'll do a presentation, it'll be short, and we're offering free blood pressure screenings during that time as well. The whole goal is to reach as many people as possible during this month. For example, Sherry, we're doing worksite challenges at KTA, Suisan, and HPM. So amongst them, they've decided to kind of take it a little bit further and create a challenge amongst their employees and amongst each other. So that's kind of you know exciting. But the whole thing is we just want all companies or all places of work to understand that during that month, give us a call. We will schedule something with you. We'll come to your place of business. It won't take much time, maybe about a half an hour or a little bit more. We'll do a short presentation and free blood pressure screenings, and that way your employees will have a better understanding of their blood pressure and also the knowledge of what high blood pressure means. Okay, so if somebody wants to get a hold of Community First to arrange such a thing, a workplace blood pressure event, who do they call? They can go on to our website, that's ownyourhealthhawaii.org, ownyourhealthhi.org. On there, there is a place where you can reach out to us to contact us and we'll give you a call right away to follow up with you. Okay. One of the other things that was part of the focus of Community First was to reduce the cost of healthcare to the individuals, meaning you and me, the patients, to the hospitals, to the doctors, to everybody. How does this blood pressure initiative play into that particular desire to lower overall cost? The vision is more of a preventative nature. So again, if you can treat high blood pressure at an early stage, the acute care of going to a hospital and having something happen to you, the cost of that is what we're trying to avoid. Healthcare costs has been one of the drivers for a lot of what we've been doing, the rising cost of healthcare. So even stabilizing it or reducing the rate of the increase is really what we're trying to do here. Community First is holding a luncheon on January 30th to kick this campaign off. Tell us what that's all about, where it is, who attends, etc. Yes, okay, so on January 30th, uh, it's being uh, sponsored by not just Community First, but the Japanese Chamber of Commerce, um, and we're going to be having it at the Arc of Hilo. Uh, it's, it's from 11.30 to 1, and it's really to promote the kickoff of the Know Your Numbers campaign. It's a luncheon with some Great presenters, all about heart health. One of our presenters is Dr. Kathleen Kozak. She has her own radio talk show on HPR. And the other presenter is Dr. Wyatt, who's a cardiologist at Hilo Medical Center. A lot of what they're going to be talking about is not just the importance of, you know, blood pressure management and all of that, but really what's going on at Hilo Medical Center that's transforming 
our community's ability to manage and deal with heart situations, so cardiac situations here, instead of having to go off island. So we really want to look at what that benefit is. And if people want to make reservations for this luncheon, how do they do it? Yes, they contact the Japanese Chamber of Commerce. Uh, they have a website, jccih.org, or calling 9340177. Randy Kurohara, thank you so much. Aloha. Thank you so much, Sherry. Aloha. And one more thing before we say aloha, I talked with Toby Taniguchi, whose dad, Barry Taniguchi, was really the founder, the incentive behind Community First. And Toby has taken over that job as chairman of Community First. I recorded my conversation with Toby at a Hawaii Island Chamber of Commerce meeting. Here it is. Toby Taniguchi, your dad, Perry Taniguchi, was instrumental in creating the Community First organization. And I know you've picked up a lot of his energy and you now have become the board chair for this organization. Tell us what Community First meant to your dad and to you. You know, Community First is a health and well-being group, first of all. It's an effort to help our communities be healthier, to live healthier, and to help one another be healthy or live a healthy lifestyle. In Dad's later years, he started really taking a focus and an interest in health and well-being. And so he stood up this nonprofit called Community First, whose sole purpose is really to help improve the health and well-being of our community members. To that end, upon his passing, I really felt the need to try and carry on or carry the torch forward on the important work that he started, caring for one another, taking responsibility for our own health and well-being, as well as helping others take care of their own health and well-being is super important and something that I look forward to working on. We just talked with Randy Kurahara and he talked about the blood pressure drive and mentioned that KTA will be taking a very active role in this in you encouraging your employees to get their blood pressure checked. Absolutely. Uh, we at KTA believe in health and well-being. We want our associates to be healthy. We want our community to be healthy. We're putting together a little challenge amongst some of our corporate neighbors on how we can get our associates to take an active interest in knowing their numbers, knowing what their blood pressure is, and, and what uh, that potentially could mean relative to their health. Anything you'd like to add, Toby Taniguchi? I just want to again say thank you so much for all your support, Sherry, in helping to get the word out and helping to improve our lives in our community uh, and helping us be healthy. And I really do appreciate it. So thank you so much. Thank you, Toby. Aloha. Aloha. And of course, thank you to our listeners for being with us. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Until next time, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.